But now I, I think I reached a plateau with it where now the learning that I'd have to do to take that big idea to the next level is a lot to do with product marketing and like physical product marketing. I'm great with digital product marketing, not so much with the physical. And I just can't be bothered almost. And so that to me is a sign that maybe it's not something I should be working on. Welcome to Design Life, a podcast about design and side projects for motivated creators. I am Femke. And I am Charlie. We are your hosts. (laughs) Hi, Charlie. (laughs) Hi, Femke. Today, our episode comes to us by way of a tweet from a listener, which is always exciting. Uh, We always want to make sure that these episodes are as useful for you listening as possible and as relevant to, you know, the things that you're struggling with. Because the thing is that if you're struggling with it, probably we're all struggling with it or have struggled with it in the past as well. So this tweet comes from Heidi and she says, have you done an episode on what to do when you have an idea, but you don't have the knowledge to do it as in how to plan out and push through that learning process without losing momentum and motivation. And I I thought this was really interesting because there's been many times where I've I've had ideas for projects that I don't have the skill set to complete like at that point in time. And so today we're going to be talking about what we do when that happens and what our listeners do when that happens. We've run a Twitter poll and got some interesting answers and I guess our advice for how to proceed. So it should be good. Looking forward to the chat. First, the fem, how has your week been, your side projects been going lately? Anything to share? At the moment, I am consciously deciding to focus a little bit more on my mailing list, which I'm kind of looking forward to focusing on a little bit this month. So one of the things I have started working on is sort of my list onboarding. So when someone signs up to my mailing list, you know, they get a few automated sequenced emails like, well, at the moment, actually, it's just been one email. It's just been sort of like a general welcome email. And now I'm looking to sort of build that out a little bit more and stagger the emails a little bit. So that's kind of what I'm looking at doing at the moment. And also within that, coming up with a lead magnet for my list, because at the moment I don't have one and it's been on my to-do list for about two years. That's no exaggeration. Uh, So I really want to focus on the sort of onboarding experience for people that are joining my list to make sure that it's, you know, valuable and enjoyable one. That's good. That's, I mean, your email list is... I would say your most successful part of your side project, right? Like you get a lot of engagement on it. Your emails are great. And it's obviously inspiring you as well to write really good stuff because you have these awesome, unique articles every week. And so I think it's cool that you're focusing on it and looking to improve it. Yeah. I mean, it's it's kind of like my baby, you know, I think yeah. we all have that one side project that's kind of your baby. And yep. <laughs> my mailing list is definitely that for me. And This year so far, I've been focusing a lot on the type of content I produce, which, don't get me wrong, is still really important and something that I always am focusing on to make sure I'm providing valuable content. But uh, also, I realized that I need to put a little bit of TLC into my onboarding experience as well. So that's sort of currently where I'm at at the moment, just seeing what I can do to make small improvements in that area. Awesome. Well, lately I've been spending time not so much creating, but reading a bunch of legal documents and getting stuff sorted out for this company that I've set up. 
how's that it's so much work i don't think i realized when i went into it because i was just thinking like oh sweet yeah gonna save a few thousand pounds on tax this would be great but yeah it's turning out to be a lot of work and a lot of effort to understand it all but it is one of those things that once it's set up and running it i won't have to think about it all too much because that's what i'm paying the accountant to do but yeah to get started i have to be the one to read the legal documents and sign all the things and get the bank account set up and all that stuff. So yeah, that's been eating into my creation time for sure at the moment. Yeah, it's quite a bit of work really, isn't it? To get started setting all of that up. I remember I also had to do quite a bit of signing documents and opening bank accounts and going to the bank and things like that. But it, I mean, once, you, once you've got it all set up, I'm sure it will be worth it. Yeah, exactly. So it's just, I've got to get through this time and I've got a hard deadline that I want to have it all sorted by uh, next Friday when we're recording this because I head off to New York City and I think I might be there when this episode comes out possibly but yeah I want to get it all sorted before I leave so that I don't have to think about it anymore yeah that it can be sorted that makes sense speaking of reading because you mentioned you're reading legal documents uh just like randomly I thought it might be a nice idea to ask you if you're currently reading anything not legal documents but reading a book (laughs) or something or anything interesting lately that maybe you want to share I personally recently started reading this book called Big Magic and I'm like three quarters of the way through I think and really enjoying it so far so I don't know I was just wondering if maybe you've been reading something interesting that maybe you want to share. I have and I really like this edition of the show (laughs) um the surprise edition I recently finished reading a book that I'm going to like self-censor the name of so that we don't get marked as explicit in iTunes. It's called <laughs> The Subtle Art of Giving a F Word. Okay, got it. <laughs> um, and it was really good. It, it's all about, it's like a personal development book, I guess, but it's about what you prioritize is what I took away from it. There was a lot in like, and taking responsibility as well. Mm-hmm. So taking responsibility for your actions and for your feelings like not blaming stuff on other people and choosing what to care deeply about and what to just like let go it was really good and I would highly recommend reading it yeah cool we'll add it in the show notes and I'll also link Big Magic as well which is written by the author of Eat Pray Love which is really random like I thought that authors like choose to either write novels or uh Oh, I always get fiction and nonfiction confused. Nonfiction. Nonfiction. Uh, but yeah, she wrote this nonfiction book about basically creativity and like just getting stuff done. And yeah, it's been really, really interesting for me to read and hear from her perspective as a writer and as a successful writer how she also goes through things like creative block and imposter syndrome and obviously Eat, Pray, Love was a super successful book, but she still had those feelings of like, what am I doing? So yeah, it's kind of nice and interesting to hear that from someone who's, you know, achieved success. So yeah, I'll I'll link that as well. Cool. Maybe we should do a whole book club episode one time. Or it could be nice to do like maybe monthly, just check in what we're reading. Yeah, that was random, but (laughs) (laughs) like it. Should we dive into today's topic? Yes, let's. So I think I'll start by giving the results of the poll. That seems like a good place to start, right? Mm-hmm. So as, as a reminder, we're, we're talking about what to do when you've got an idea for a project, but it, like completing or like working on that idea would involve things that are well out of your skill set. So it's not something you can just make a list and get started on, you know? So 
We had four options in our poll. 11% said they will scale back the idea, so to be something that is within their skill set. 12%, interestingly, would hire or ask someone else to help them. And I was very impressed with the 67% that said start learning is what they would do. So they'd start learning the mm-hmm. skills that they need to work on this project. And disappointingly, 10% said that they would just give up on the idea if it was out of their skill set. First off, Fem, what would you answer for this poll? Yeah, this is really interesting because I think what I would do first is sort of assess the idea and maybe acknowledge or whether that's like writing it down or just think about what would be required in order for me to achieve it. So do I have to learn a new skill? Do I have to... uh, I don't know, learn a new program maybe. Like maybe it's not a new skill. Maybe I've got the skill, but I need to learn a different program or something like that. Uh, And I would kind of start thinking from that perspective, well, what is it that I need to do or learn, et cetera, to get from A to B and to achieve that project? And depending on what that actually is, then I think I would answer the poll. So like I've had ideas for things that I want to do in the past, like, create physical products you know like design and sell Mm. physical products and there's so much that I would have to learn to to get to that point of actually being able to do it and after assessing it I realized that that wasn't the direction I wanted to go and it wasn't worth it for me Uh, I had the same with I don't know if people remember RIP the magazine idea that I wanted to do ages ago now And I think that might be a good example of something that I wanted to do, but lacked obvious skills for, you know, I've never really done print design. I've never really made a book or a magazine or anything like that. I don't know anything about paper. And I sort of had decided to give it a shot, but soon realized that doing an actual magazine did not align with my goals and did not align with my focus and who I wanted to be. And so I think for me, it's more about just learning or or taking the A to B road to get there. It's also for me about like, okay, well, this idea that I have, is it actually worth it? Does it align with my goals and my focus and what I want to do and who I want to be? And then from there sort of answer those questions of like, okay, so do I need to learn a new skill or do I need to get someone else to help me? That kind of stuff. Did that make any sense? I felt Yeah, like I think it does make sense. So you're going to take a good hard look at basically what's involved and then decide whether to proceed. Yeah, and then there. decide from there because I think it's always really exciting. You know, you have an idea for something and you get really excited about it and it sounds like a great idea. Like to me, the magazine, I was like, this is a great idea. It's, people are going to love it. I love it. It's going to be so much fun. Uh, and I think I was a little bit blindsided by the whole thing really and maybe just too much infatuated with the idea. And so I think I've learned from that experience to – just assess a little bit more first and then from there decide whether to go ahead or not, learning the skills required. Makes sense. I guess I do something similar, maybe, but I don't think I'm as methodical and organized with it as you are. (laughs) Uh, I find that ideas that are bigger than my skill set are really overwhelming. And for a long time, I will just do nothing on them because I'm like, ugh. I don't know where to start. This is so big, you know, and it's like not something I've done before. I can tackle big projects when there's pieces of them that I know really well. And so I already know like pieces of the process. But when, yeah, when it's huge, like for me, um, 
doing a course is a good example here. It's going to involve a lot of writing, which I don't do all that often. And it's going to involve like super high quality video production. I mean, I do video production, but I think that to make a course, I'd want my videos to be higher quality than they are, you know, when I just pop up my lights and camera anywhere in my room to make a YouTube video. And it will involve researching platforms and figuring out how people pay for this and how it's delivered to them. It just seems like a lot of work. And so I haven't done anything on it. <laughs> I, in this poll, though, I think generally what I would do is scale back the idea because I like achieving things and I like having an idea for something and I'm like, okay, that's too big. Well, I can do this part. So, okay, let's do this instead. So I'll scale it back so that I can act on it straight away. But I don't want that to be my answer. You know what I mean? Like that's how it is right now. But I would like to join the 67% who are in the start learning group mm. because I think that's a much better approach to it to use this idea you have as an opportunity to learn something new and to increase your skill set so that you can achieve this idea. Yeah, honestly, what I do is, oh, I'm so ashamed to say this, but I'm just admit it. <laughs> I'm probably the fourth one of like just do yeah. doesn't do anything, which is really I'm kind of ashamed to admit that. I think the the video I like I think I've talked on here about wanting to get into video and for me that's probably a good example to bring in here is I've been thinking about it for a long time. I've been wanting to do it. In my mind I've kind of already validated and done that whole assessment of like yes, it's going to be worth it and it aligns with my focus and goals and you know like I should do it. Uh so I've gone through that phase and now I'm in the phase of like just not doing anything about it. And yeah, I, d I don't know. I don't know why that is. I think like you were saying earlier, I'm just like really scared of it. It's daunting. It's overwhelming. I don't know where to start. There's so much I need to learn and invest in both like time and financially that I just instead am overwhelmed, I think. And so I don't do anything about it. I don't know if you're in the fourth group because I don't, well, unless... I something has changed since we last talked. I don't think you've given up on the idea of videos, right? Yeah. It's just that you're not actively working on them right now. Right. You're just overwhelmed by them. Yeah, I think I'm paralyzed. I, yes. I haven't given up. I'm just paralyzed as to what action to take or what step to take to actually get from having this idea to actually executing it. Yeah, which is understandable. So what can we do about that, I suppose? Because we're both having this with projects. So, I don't know. I think that we give a lot of advice on here to break things down into their smallest possible, you know, form of task and just start working on that. And I think we both just need to take our own bloody advice on this, to be honest. Yeah, I think so. I've tried to think about how I would start. I've tried to think, you know, maybe I should take a course or read some articles or read a book about it or immerse myself in, like, consuming other videos and things like that to sort of learn how they do it. Uh, maybe I should research cameras and microphones and things like that. Or maybe I should figure out where my backdrop is going to be and try and make it look nice and see if that is like a good encouragement for me to start. But I think at the end of the day, all of those are excuses. Yep. I, think, <laughs> I think what I need to do is just sit down in front of the camera and basically press record and see what happens. Yep. And I was just going to say that that's what I think you should yeah, do. Prop up your iPhone somewhere. <laughs> just start talking to it. I think so. And 
I think a lot of the time, at least for me, I put this pressure on myself of, okay, well, it all has to be perfect and perfectionism, mm. ra di ra ra. But I think what I need to do is just press record with with the fact of knowing that, you know, I, I might I don't have to put it online. Like it can just be a practice. It can just be something for me to see a test, you know. Uh, how how do I feel in front of the camera? How did it make me feel? What was the outcome of it? What was weird in it what went really like surprisingly well who knows maybe I'm maybe I become a natural and there's no problem whatsoever and that could be a good way to test and validate that or it could go really bad and I might realize this is too uncomfortable for me so I think that's what I need to do is just start from square one basically and just turn the camera on and press record and not worry about the quality or the background or what I'm going to say and just kind of go from there and see how it feels. Yep. I definitely think that's the thing you need to do. Just start it because that, that is a thing, you know, making videos, you can scale that up and down as much as you want, right? Like you could just make a video on your iPhone and put it up completely unedited. That is making a video. True. Or you can go further and like get the perfect backdrop, the perfect lighting, the perfect camera, etc. And but it's just things you can gradually improve over time as well. So, yeah. And I think for me, what I'm struggling with because I'm really good at that scaling back the output, I suppose, before ramping up the quality. Because for a long time, as I've said before, when I started my YouTube channel, I filmed on my old photography camera from uh, high school days and. It could only film for five minutes at a time. It was that's a very right. stunted video production process. It took a long time, but I did it anyway because that's what I had to work with. With my course, I'm struggling because it's not something I can do like that. Like, I can't make a shitty course and put it out <laughs> to make a good one later, you know? Yeah, yeah. That, that's not the way that works. No. So all of the improving will go on behind the scenes. And I don't know, I just like sharing stuff and I like sharing what I'm working on. So that's something for me to wrap my head around. And... Just like with your video, though, I, I need to start with the content of my course and not worry about the platform and the payment and the, you know, how many videos there'll be or whatever. I should just start writing for it and seeing what comes out and seeing what I have to share. Yeah, is that where you think you're going to start is just with the content? I, I guess if you're doing a course, that's like the meaty bit, right? That's the value. And without having good content, then, I mean, what's the point, right? I actually had advice from a friend of ours the other day that instead of diving in and doing a course, I should have another step before that to do like a, a talk on, on the topic that the course will be on. Or I'm thinking like maybe even just planning a video about the topic that the course will be on will be a good thing to do. So I think that I'm going to step back even further and do those sorts of things first to almost validate the idea and yeah. and ease myself into it. Yeah, I think that makes sense. I was actually going to say just that, that it would be a great way to validate and test the idea and see not only the response of others, but I think also how you feel about talking about that thing or teaching that thing. And if you feel like you have a lot to say and a lot of value to share. Yeah, exactly. So I think that's what I need to do and I just need to actually do it. <laughs> I have with some ideas or projects actually learned things so for example the learning to code that has been something that I decided to do and decided to start learning that skill because I have other projects and other ideas that I would like to be able to do that include me 
having the ability to learn or, or know how to code. Yeah. Is the same for you? Is that sort of why you started learning to code? Because you wanted to do things and needed that skill to be able to do it? Um, I guess so. For me, it was more that I wanted to be more useful at my job. So it wasn't really to do with my side projects because I'd struggled through coding for my side projects. Like you don't have to be super professional when you're making your own <laughs> website. You know, yeah. I coded my own website in the WordPress editor sometimes, like live on the site making changes, yeah. Yeah. which is, if anyone knows professional <laughs> coding practices, it is not that. <laughs> so you can't do that when you've got a site that's visited by like thousands of people every day. No, I guess not. I want to talk more about this idea of learning though. Mackenzie replied to our poll and said, my go-to is a mix of scaling back the idea as much as possible and then start learning what I need. So it sounds to me like it's the idea of scaling it back to something you can do and then starting the learning process at the same time so that you're not completely giving up on that bigger idea, but you're just starting small, which is what we were talking about, kind of. Yeah, I think... I like what you said there about starting small because it can always grow over time. I think as you start learning the skills that you need, you might then get to a point where you realize, oh, okay, well, maybe I can, now that I've learned the skill or whatever it, it is that you need, maybe I can take this one next step to to go a little bit further. Yeah. And, you know, obviously it's up to you how far and big you want to go. Uh, but yeah, just make sure it's manageable and within your means and that you can actually achieve it. Daniel said something really good in response to this as well. First of all, he said that the answers to this poll made him really happy that lots of people <laughs> were looking to learn. Yeah. He said, learning enough for a scaled back first iteration is the perfect combo of confidence and realism. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's exactly true. I think that's really good. And I think it's also a nice way, kind of like we were just talking about your course, maybe you have an idea to, I don't know, do a 365-day project or something like that and you're lacking a skill or something needed uh, in order for you to do that. Scaling that back could be something like just doing one day and seeing what the rea reaction is and seeing how you go and seeing if you can actually fit and make time for doing that in one day because you're going to have to commit to you know 365 so rather than starting with maybe this 365 goal start with a seven goal or something like that and over time you can obviously keep adding on to that if you wanted to keep going further yeah exactly so how would you stay motivated I suppose to push through and do this learning like Heidi was asking in her original tweet to us without losing the momentum when it's something that, you know, is really is really overwhelming and you don't know anything about, it could be easy, right, to just stick to the scaled back version because it's what you know. So how do you, how would you motivate yourself to make that extra step further and push it on? Hmm, I, I've said this before and it's sort of a general thing that I have, but I just always make sure that I'm surrounded by people who motivate me. And so I think I would not rely on those people, but reach out to those people to help me, either help me or provide me with a little bit of motivation and encouragement. So for example, you know, with this video project, I'm probably going to be leaning on you for a little bit of motivation. Yep. Uh, and for you for making a course, I'm sure that you have a friend that has experience making a course and you can probably go to them for, 
go to them uh, for a little bit of uh, help or motivation and encouragement. So for me, I think what I would do is just lean on the people around me a little bit, which I think that's okay to admit. Sometimes we do need to lean on each other a little bit and that's what friendship is for, I think. And so, yeah, I would just lean on the people around me that maybe have experience in that area that can help keep me motivated. And I would also maybe not like reach out to other people that are doing it that I don't know, but I would just maybe keep an eye on them and sort of see what they're doing and how they're making changes or being successful in that thing. And I think that as well would help me sort of see the end goal, like, oh, well, it could be this in the future, what that person's doing. Uh, So that as well is like a good encouragement for me to sort of see what it could be. And that's, that's always a good motivator, I think. I was just going to say that 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 is what I do more than reaching out to people around me. I would go for my, you know, my faraway mentors, I suppose, who might not even know that they're my mentors. Yeah, like your ultimate. uh, Yeah. Yeah. Like these people who are doing great things and like achieving success with their courses. And and yeah, I would just make sure I'm following their tweets and watching their videos Mm -hmm. on YouTube, you know, to keep me motivated. But also I feel like the idea itself is what motivates me. I'm not very good at like, so like I said, I scale back my ideas, but I'm not very good at giving up on the big picture thing that I really want to do. It's always going to like stay in the back of my mind no matter what. And so that's motivation for me as well to work on it so that I can stop thinking about it and actually say that it's a thing that I've done. I get a lot of inspiration from that, I suppose. So, yeah. What if you realize that you maybe have lost a little bit of motivation to do it? Have you ever like sort of gotten halfway through something to realize like maybe no anymore? I think that's sort of the case with my t-shirt company. Like to start with, that was definitely a thing that I had no idea how to do when I started. That's probably my most successful example of having an idea that I've then done all the learning for. Like I taught myself how to DIY screen print through a long trial and error process and a lot of mess in my parents' garage. (laughs) Yep. Yeah, that's definitely a case where I had this small idea that I then had, had, sorry, big idea that I only had a small skill set for and that had to do a lot of learning. But now I, I think I reached a plateau with it where now the learning that I'd have to do to take that big idea to the next level is a lot to do with product marketing and like physical product marketing. I'm great with digital product marketing, not so much with the physical and I just can't be bothered almost. And so that to me is a sign that maybe it's not something I should be working on. Like it's my side project. Why force myself to work on something that I'm not excited about when there's all these other things that I am excited about. But at least you tried it. Like that that in itself is... A success. Yeah, and I've, I've got this learning of the mm-hmm. screen prints and, you know, packaging products to ship overseas. I don't know when that'll come in handy, but I'm just proud to have done it, you know, and to know that there's people in all these countries who are wearing my t-shirts. It's a cool feeling. And yeah, I'm coming to terms with the fact that I'm okay with that being it, you know. Yeah. Not everything that I do has to be the number one successful thing, you know. Yeah. Classic I'm- overachiever, but still it's something to get used to (laughs) yeah I mean there's so many you've learned a lot through the process and you can take that experience and put it into other things too so it's never a waste right yeah exactly 
What about this? I feel like we haven't really talked yet about the hiring or asking someone to help side of things. Joshua had something interesting in response to, to this poll about asking for help. He said, I feel like asking for help from others is way undervalued. It feels like the big unlock here. He followed up with that this idea that everyone should be able to do everything themselves is destructive, I think, which is interesting because it can feel like a creative, wait, as a creative, it can feel like you're sometimes your own little island, right? And having to struggle yeah. with things by yourself. And so we shouldn't feel afraid to reach out. Like you were saying, reach out to the people around you and ask for help from them or lean on them a bit. That should be a thing that we do. Yeah, I admit I don't do it enough, I don't think. Yeah, me neither. I, I mean, I will lean on people around me for a bit of motivation and encouragement and maybe a little bit of advice, but it doesn't really go much further than that. And I have a friend who is really good at it. He's really good at asking for help and really good at reaching out and just asking, hey, can you help me with this quick thing or whatever? And of course, I'm always like, yeah, I'd love to. I, I love what he's doing. And so I, I want to help. Uh, and I think I forget that others might feel that way for me as well. And so it's definitely something that I don't do enough of and something that I, I think I should be doing more of. Yeah, totally. I mean, when we wanted to do this podcast together, I think it was you who asked me, you were like, you know, should we do this? Should this be a thing that we do together? And I was like, yeah, yeah, we should do this together. Like, this is like... <laughs> Not something I'd considered doing by myself because yeah. it was too big of an undertaking, but joining forces is something we can do. And so you might have an idea for a side project or, you know, even if it's just a one-off thing and not the skills for it. So there might be someone else out there who's just looking for the next thing to like sink their teeth into. I forget that sometimes because I have so many ideas of my own that I want to work on that some people know they want to work on stuff, but they don't really have that... Like, they don't have the idea locked down yet. They don't have that big list of things like I do. But that doesn't mean they're not motivated, creative people, you know. They just haven't had the right idea yet. So if you ask them to help with yours, that might be the perfect thing for them. Who knows? Yeah. I, yeah. I, I definitely think that, it, that there's a lot of benefits to joining forces. I mean, obviously, collaboration is great. And I just haven't... I won't say I haven't had the opportunity to do it in my side projects because I'm sure there's probably been plenty of them. I just have ignored them, I think. And I don't know the reason behind that, actually. I'm trying to I'm trying to decide. I don't know if it's me being like, oh, I can just do this all myself because I know what I'm doing or whether it's just me being like, no, I'm too scared to ask for help. I, you know, I don't want to bother other people. I'm not really sure which one of those is the reason why. But either way, I think I just need to get over it and just reach out for people, reach out to people when uh, maybe I need a little bit of help. I have just sort of an example of when I reached out to someone and hired them to help with a side project. This was my first instance, I suppose, of uh, paying for someone else's services to help with a side project rather than just like buying an app and doing it myself or whatever. Uh, is when I hired Austin to create my intro for my YouTube channel. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I knew I wanted something better, and I knew I wanted something with a bit more, just a bit more quality to it, because I'd done something myself in After Effects that was still getting people commenting like, whoa, this is so cool, how'd you do this? I love your intro. And I was like, guys, it's not that great. <laughs> and I knew that Austin could produce something awesome. 
And so I, yeah, hired him to, to help with that, and I'm so glad I did. Not only that I now have a really great intro that I'm really proud of for my videos, but also I'm happy that I was able to, like, give business to someone who I really admire and respect. Yeah. And, you know, I, I like that I was able to pay them for their time. And that's something I want to do more of as I earn more with my side projects, too, is invest back into them and try to be more okay with spending uh, money rather than spending time, if that makes sense. Because I've always been really conscious that if I do it myself, it'll be cheaper, you know? But you got to think about the value of your own time. And so yeah. perhaps it could be more worth it to pay someone else. Yeah, I think that's where I'm at at the moment. I've recently been thinking about hiring a copywriter to help me with the messaging on my yeah. website. And I mean, because I've just been doing it myself and it's okay, but it's not great. And I know that it could be a lot better. And that's something that I've been thinking that I should do for probably a few months now and just haven't done it. And so hearing you talk about like the value that Austin's animation could bring to you uh, is yeah, kind of motivating me to maybe actually reach out for help with my copywriting and get someone to help me with it. Cool. Yeah, do it. Adrian has a tweet that relates to what we're saying here. It was sort of his like scale of how he'd decide which of these options to pick. Mm -hmm. He said, if time permits, then I learn. If there's money available but no time, then I'll get external help. And if there's no money and no time, then I'll look for an alternative solution. So I, I guess that's like scaling back the idea almost. So that makes total sense that's to me. very sad. Very pragmatic way of looking at it too. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. Ziad says, if I can contribute to certain parts of the project, I'd ask fathers to collaborate with me on other parts that are outside of my skill set. So it sounds like if it's something that he can do a little part of, then he will keep working on it and bring in other people. And I like that that way of thinking of it. I think that I would be the same and that I would do that. But perhaps if it's something that I have no idea about, I would be less motivated to start because there isn't something that I personally can sink my teeth into in a way. Yeah. Sorry. I was just thinking, I was getting distracted thinking while you were talking <laughs> about, <laughs> <It's> uh, <amazing. laughs> I, sorry, I've had, uh, ideas for things that I've like one of the ideas I used to have about a year ago and I never did it was I wanted to make a little sort of, it sounds a little, um, self-centered maybe but I wanted to make a little like about me video to put on my about page on my website that's not self-centered that's just useful <laughs> well because I, I was thinking oh everyone has these boring about me pages and no one really visits them and it doesn't really give you a good idea of who the person is and especially because all of my content is either speaking you know this podcast or it's writing no one really sees me and so I thought having a video might be a nice addition to my about page and people can actually see me and I think that helps with you know being a bit more personable and things like that so anyway long story short I wanted to make this video uh, but I was like well I need to be in the video and so I need someone to video it and if I need someone to hold the camera then I may as well hire someone who knows what they're doing and make it you know, make sure that they do a good job and make sure it's a nice, well-produced video. And so that was, that is an example, I guess, of where I almost got to the stage of doing that and asking for someone to help me. Unfortunately, I don't know what happened, but I just never did it. I guess it's an idea that I still sort of have and might eventually do. I guess 
what's been blocking me or holding me back from actually doing it is the fact that I know I'll have to get someone else to help me. Again, with the copywriting, I think I, with those two things, I know that I need outside help. I'm just terrible at asking for it, obviously. And so I don't really do anything. Yeah. And I think it sounds like with this about me video, I feel like your idea sort of snowballed a bit yeah, and got maybe. a bit too big, like a bit bigger than it needed to be. I think so. Like we were talking about with your video creation before, you could just set up your camera on, like, prop it up somewhere, your phone, and talk to it there. That could be an about video, you know, personal touch, yeah. whatever. It would hit all those marks. But I think I, I think blew the- up the scale a little bit of it yeah. too much. Like, I was like, oh, yeah, I'll have nice shots of me walking along the canal and, like, sitting in the coffee shop. Oh, that does sound cool, though. It does sound really <laughs> cool. But, yeah, maybe it is probably in the year like for the last year I could have had something up instead of nothing you know girl I'm gonna help you film this next time I come visit let's do it (laughs) okay deal (laughs) I think this is something actually that we should be aware of with our ideas because both of us and I'm sure a lot of our listeners as well we have high standards and we've got big ideas and we want things to be perfect or to be great we should check with ourselves that we're not letting our perfectionism and our high standards hold us back from just starting and creating something thinking that oh I if it's not going to be the best of the best then I'm not going to do it at all I think that's a terrible attitude to have and it's something that I have to check myself on a lot yeah so I want to encourage anyone who has like a big idea but they don't have the skill set for it just make sure that your idea isn't bigger than it actually needs to be yeah I think that's perfect advice and I think that's a wrap Yeah, that sounds like a good note to end on, right? Yeah. So where can people go to find more of our episodes? If you head to designlife.fm, you'll find all our episodes there. There's also a link to subscribe in Apple Podcasts or iTunes, whatever they're calling it these days, (laughs) and also to our newsletter as well, where we'll email you whenever a new episode goes live so that you'll get a notification. And you can also follow us on Twitter. We are at Design Life FM. And like you've heard in this podcast episode, sometimes we do polls and we like to have a discussion with our followers about upcoming episodes. So if you want to be a part of that discussion, then please do follow along on Twitter. And we keep forgetting to mention this, but it's probably the most important thing we've got going on right now <laughs> is that you should head to designlife.fm slash community. Yes. And sign up to join our beta of a community that we're starting for motivated creatives a space for everyone to get together share ideas get advice Mm -hmm. in like a more private setting than twitter i suppose yes we would love to have you in the community be so much fun well fam i'll see you next week see you next week